Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Church Online. We want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Happy I want to say Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my amazing wife. She's an incredible mother. Thank you for the flowers. You're welcome. <laughs> um, sent them a little early. But uh, I think it's great that on Mother's Day, we're both wearing white jackets. So <laughs> I just, I think it's very important, appropriate. Yeah, totally. yeah. But today we are continuing a series Um, This is actually the final week called Asking for a Friend, and uh, what we've been doing is answering your questions with God's answers. We've been digging into the Word of God. I know that uh, uh, I've really been challenged by this series. We've dug into some tough questions, but also, um, man, I've just been, uh, man, just been encouraged to see uh, the response of people as they've Mm -hmm. just like told us over and over how much this has spoken to them and how it's really helped them with some of the hard questions they were having or people were asking them. And today we're actually asking the final question uh, or answering, which is what happens after I die? Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, we actually get this question asked us a lot. You know, I really think that this is a important question, not just because you know, it's something that we're going to have to all experience one day, but also yeah. because it affects us today, here and now. So what we believe about tomorrow will determine the way we live today. And this is really important. It yeah. shows us our motivation for living. It gives us an understanding on why we have the perspective that we have and why we behave the way we, ha- we do, actually. So. Yeah, I mean, our lives and our actions mm-hmm. are all a direct response to what we believe and really what we believe is coming. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think this question is so important for us Mm -hmm. uh, because it does dictate and, and challenge us in how we're living right now on this earth. Right. And so we're going to kind of go back to that question last week. Is the Bible really God's word? Absolutely. And does it have something to say about what happens after we die? Absolutely. And yes, so it does. if you have your Bibles, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching from, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10 is where we're really camping um, today to really understand what happens after we die. Yes, yeah, so let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. It says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Mm -hmm. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Mm -hmm. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And I think this is a great text to Mm -hmm. really um, dig into this question of, you know, what happens after we die. And as we, you know, we're preparing for this and talking about this, it's always a blessing to be able to uh, share from God's word with my wife. Mm-hmm. And especially on this Mother's Day, 
in the middle of a quarantine. Um, we're you know, spending a lot of time together. Yes, in fact, we were driving over here and I was like, Chrissy, I think this is the first time we've been without the kids in eight weeks. Uh, one, or together, because yeah. obviously I've gone places and she's had the kids or vice versa. But together without the kids, this is the first time in eight weeks. So, oh my in goodness, this is glorious. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's dig day. into this. Um, we want to talk about four things to know about tomorrow. Because as Chrissy said earlier, what you believe about tomorrow will determine the way you live today. And, and we really want to challenge you, and we were challenged by this, and uh, how are we living today? And are we living knowing what's coming tomorrow? Are we living with the gravity and the weight mm. of that? Not like yeah. a burden, because mm -hmm. the Bible tells us that like uh, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Right. I don't believe following Christ is a heavy weight. No. Um, but I do believe that there's a responsibility on us. Absolutely. And, and knowing what's coming tomorrow for all mm -hmm. people one day when they die, um, really does challenge us mm -hmm. in how we're living today. And there's a responsibility for us as Christians, especially. Yeah. So we want to share with you four things to know about tomorrow. And the first one is this, our physical bodies die, but you do not die. You do not die. There's right. a truth that you may not have thought you were going to hear today when you were presented the question, what happens to you after you die? But here's the You're truth. You're eternal. Yes. <laughs> we're eternal, babe. We are. We yeah. are eternal. And this is the probably the greatest perspective shift that we have to have as we live here on earth, yeah. that we are not just living for today, we are living for an eternity. Mm -hmm. What happens though, is that our physical bodies will die. Yeah. That is the truth of the matter. Okay. You're going to live on, but your physical bodies will die. I mean, I've seen it in me now at 38, <laughs> like my body is decaying, right? right? Like I've noticed it, especially in the last few years, y'all can yeah. see some of this gray coming in, you know? <laughs> now my wife looks exactly the same no, as she did the true. day I married her. Nice. Um, but, but in all reality, like we're seeing it in our body. Mm -hmm. as, and so like, as you grow older, you start to realize like, no, no, these bodies are decaying and the day is coming. Right. Well, second Corinthians five, one through four really makes this point, but it says that we are given a tent yeah. and it is our earthly home, but will be destroyed. And God has another building for us to dwell in. And it's not made of hands. It's not made on earth. It's not made of human. It wasn't a man and woman coming together and producing a baby. It's something eternal and that's mm -hmm. in the heavens. So we need to understand that there's this groaning that happens the moment that we are born. It says, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. You know, I yeah. think this is a really important concept for us to understand. Romans talks about this groaning that we experience and what groaning is, is really suffering. How many people know that you're suffering every day, some greater than others in this quarantine, mm. all of us think that we are suffering and we're it's suffering true. to a degree, but this is just part of the plan and what's going to happen when we are on this earth. Romans 8, 22 and 23 talks about this. Uh, groaning. It says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, until now, this very moment. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You know, something happens when we recognize that we're eternal. When we start recognizing that there's got to be greater purpose for me in this yeah. lifetime, but people become 
more restless, they groan more when they when they don't know what their purpose is. Now, when you have the perspective that you're eternal, you are filled with purpose, you're filled yeah. with life. So when you come into relationship with Jesus and recognize that he gives you purpose, then you start to come alive. You start to recognize that, that these groanings are only temporary and our physical bodies will die, but we will live eternally. Here's the thing. If you believe you're only living so you can only die, you will live without purpose. Mm. And that's that's a hard thing to live through. Yeah, think... I mean, hearing that, mm -hmm. um, people who are living, knowing, yeah, I'm just here and it's a short time. Mm -hmm. I hear people say, I'm here for, a sh I'm, I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. You know, yeah. like I've heard Yolo, people say that. You only live once. Um, you do. How can you have purpose in that? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's actually one reason I've noticed, you know, um, nowadays people get very political. They get very passionate about politics. And I was reading this social science study and they were talking about the reason that people become so passionate about politics, and I'm not knocking any of you Christians out there that are very passionate about politics, but one of the reasons that people become almost like um, unhinged politically um, where they can't even control themselves or they, they can't have social um, or, or regular discourse with people um, is because it is their only sense of purpose. Yeah. So like politics essentially becomes their religion mm. because all of us were created to want some higher purpose. Yeah. And so for much of this world, it becomes um, social dynamics. It becomes political mm -hmm. things. And yet we were created um, in this world for more mm -hmm. than even that. Yeah. We were created to worship a savior. Mm -hmm. And that's why like people are latching onto things mm -hmm. and they, can hardly control themselves because with without having a foundation, which we talked about last week, mm -hmm. for how they live and their actions and how they interact with people, they can become unhinged yeah. and unhealthy. Yeah. But the word of God, um, it gives us purpose, but it also gives us a foundation for mm -hmm. how we treat people mm -hmm. and how we interact with those who disagree with mm -hmm. us, how we love our enemies. Yeah. We don't curse them, you know? Right. And so that's why like, what you're saying is so important mm -hmm. for purpose yeah. that we know this isn't the end mm -hmm. that we're living for more than just this life. Right. That's good. Well, second, another thing that we need to know about tomorrow is our souls live forever, not temporarily. Yeah. That's also encouraging. I was thinking about these tents and that we're going to have a new heavenly body. And I'm mm -hmm. just thinking like, I've been watching the last dance and I'm picturing a Michael Jordan body for myself, you know, like yeah, I'm um, dunking. I believe I can fly like my, anyways. Okay. That's funny. Well, verse five <laughs> talks about just God's plan for us to live in these heavenly tents. He said, he who has prepared us for this very thing to leave our earthly tents and then join him in an eternal tent who has given us this spirit as a guarantee. This was in God's plan from the very beginning of time. Our creator designed us to live forever, not temporarily. And yeah. it was his plan that the spirit gives us the guarantee that we're going to live forever. Yeah. I love the quote that you, it, I think it's your favorite quote, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, C.S. Um, Lewis. And uh, there's a song that Chrissy really loves too that she sings and they, and they literally quote this song. Mm -hmm. But C.S. Lewis says, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation 
is that I was made for another world. And I mean, as two people who love C.S. Lewis, like this quote just hits home for us. And especially on this topic that we're going to live forever. And the reason that this world doesn't satisfy is because we were meant for more than this. Mm -hmm. We were meant for another world. Mm -hmm. um, God had another plan, yeah. you know, originally, and mm -hmm. it wasn't this. Right. And yet we're battling with a fallen world, death, you know, um, and, and the, the, the challenges that we experience in this life. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that earlier, like we suffer. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the problems though, and one of the reasons that people have a hard time in today's culture mm -hmm grasping this mm -hmm. is because we probably suffer now less. I don't want to say less, but differently. Yeah. What I mean is we are very comfortable, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, years ago, they didn't have heat and air conditioning, heat <laughs> in the winter and air conditioning in the summer. Mm -hmm. Years ago, you know, they had to prepare all their own mm -hmm. food. Years ago, they didn't have the same medical treatment. And so suffering, death happened more often around them, mm -hmm. right? I mean, Children didn't survive as much. Mm -hmm. um, people didn't live as long. Right. There were more sicknesses and, and all these things. And then we're in this like new world now in the mm -hmm. last hundred years, really the last, you know, 70 especially, where we're living longer, um, we're more comfortable than right. ever before. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to grasp this idea that like, no, this is temporary. Yeah. And it's not until we have some kind of near death experience or like something hits us hard or someone near us dies mm -hmm. that we go, oh, wait, this isn't all there is. Like yeah. there's something coming. Well, when this idea that you're saying that we suffer almost less, it's, it, that, that's what, where dissatisfaction comes. Yeah. It's like we're suffering less, but why have we attained all these comfort but still not been satisfied? You know, and I That's think good, yeah. that wrestling happens when we're not satisfied because we're, we don't understand that there's a purpose for our lives. And when we don't understand that we have purpose for our lives, then we start to go down this really negative spiral, downward spiral thinking pattern that perhaps we're even an accident. And mm. so I would say that if you believe you're an accident and that God didn't give you a soul to live forever, then you're going to start living carelessly and mm. what we need to be careful to do Preach is that. recognize what the word of god says and it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made mm -hmm. psalm 139 14 through 16 let me skip ahead it says in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet they were none of them there were none of them so god created us on purpose for a purpose yeah. with such purpose somebody today needed to hear that you are not an accident and you have no longer an excuse to live carelessly because you have a God who intricately wove you together, yeah. put you together, gave you purpose. You are not an accident. Yeah. And I think that's encouraging for mm -hmm. all of us because I think we all have moments where we're like, it, does my life really matter? Yeah. You know, am I really making a difference? Mm -hmm. Am I having any impact? Like, yeah. am I going to just be here and gone, but when we believe like, no, I, I'm here for a reason. God mm -hmm. wove me together. Yeah. Um, you know, in the New Testament, it talks about how he, he prepared us for good works ahead of time, mm -hmm. right? Like he, he made us for a reason. Yeah. And when we don't think that way, when we go, oh, I'm just here 
I live a few years, I die, it doesn't matter, I'm here on accident, yeah. a, a, a big bang happened and mm -hmm. you know, some microbes were formed and then eventually I was born and um, yeah, we do live carelessly. Yeah. But when we, when we say no, God specifically chose me to be on the earth at this time mm -hmm. in history, mm -hmm. um, I have influence because everyone out there has influence mm -hmm right? We all influence the people around us every day. Mm -hmm. Then we live differently. We yeah. live with the responsibility in our hearts and our minds. Yeah. Third today, um, you know, there's four things to know about tomorrow. Third is our earthly lives will be judged, not forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think we were going to talk about being judged today, yeah. but, <laughs> um, this but this is, is what the, the Bible says. Yeah. And I think you and I were talking even mm -hmm. on the way over here, just about this idea like it's not lost on us mm -hmm. that people are hearing this and we're about to talk about like heaven and hell mm -hmm. and that that's a conversation that like we're probably not having enough and that some people would say well really like you're really going to talk about that yeah. but this really frames like what's coming tomorrow mm -hmm. really dictates how we're going to live today and that's yeah. why we need to have this conversation yeah it was hard i remember our board talked to us the church board talked to us about what are our plans going to be should one of us die? Should both of us die? And I remember just wanting to plug my ears and be like, are we really talking about this? Nobody's I don't want to dying. talk about this. Yeah. Um, but you know, you really do make decisions for tomorrow. And so first Peter 1:17, it says this, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. You know, sometimes mm. we hear live out our lives with reverent fear and we think that it's like this God who's coming against us to judge us. But really, I feel like when we have healthy fear, when my kids have healthy fear yeah. of me, they recognize that I have so many good things for them and they recognize that they need me. You recognize a need for this great God and this Savior um, when, you, uh, when you live in reverent fear. Yeah, and so... I think within this idea of judgment, we have to talk about what the word of God says when it comes mm -hmm. to judgment. And uh, I'm just going to real quick, we don't have time to dig into this real deep. Um, but if you look at Revelation 20, 11 through 15, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about the great white throne of judgment. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment that we stand before Christ. And it's the moment of us it, um, there's an acknowledgement of receiving grace, not by works, but through Jesus. So if you receive Jesus mm -hmm. in this life, you surrender your heart to him. Mm -hmm. um, when you stand before God, once you die, there will be this great white throne of judgment. According to Revelation 20, you'll stand before God and he'll say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. Enter into eternal rest. Yeah. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus Christ God raised him from the dead. We're saved, right? But it's about grace, not by works, but through Jesus. But then there's a second judgment. So some of you thought, I'm only going to judge once. You're actually going to get judged twice. Um, hope this encourages you today. <laughs> um, but the judgment seat of Christ, Christ gives acknowledgement of the works that we did and we're rewarded for them. Mm -hmm. So that's why it even talks about like um, Jesus going ahead of us to prepare a mansion. It talks about jewels in our crowns in in, you know, in the gospels, in, in the scriptures. Why? Because yes, you can get into heaven if you just confess Jesus, right? Like mm -hmm. you're saved. And so I want you to all to rest assured if you've done that, like you don't have to be afraid, like, oh no, I'm gonna get judged twice based on what I did too. But you are gonna get judged and God is actually gonna reward you 
based on how you lived in this life. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something we talk about a lot in the church, but I think it's something that we need to hear because God is saying like, look, I love you. My will is that none should perish. That's why I'm, I'm inviting you in. Even if you, you know, were like the thief on the cross that probably lived a terrible life, but in his last moments said, yeah. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. You can come into rest with me and receive salvation, yeah. you know, in heaven. But we also will be judged and receive rewards based on how we live on this earth. Right. And this, these two judgments, essentially, I think you have to understand that one is not about works. That's, it's not about the works, but the other yeah. one is what were your works? Because we don't want to get to heaven and be like, you know, we didn't do anything in your name. Um, we want he wants to know that we lived out our days for him. And here's the thing. These two judgments essentially are accountability for us. You know, some yeah. people hate responsibility and accountability, but I'm telling you, they hate it because they want to continue to live selfishly. If we believe we don't have to be accountable, then we will continue to live only for ourselves, yeah. only for That's our good. own benefit. And I believe that God did not put us on this earth so we can make more selfish decisions. Mm. He had a plan for us and a mission to execute and accomplish for him. And so it, it yeah. requires us living outside of ourselves. Well, and what the world does is the, this culture tells us if you are selfish, you'll be happy. Yeah. But we know, and, and I think anyone who's lived on this on this earth and lived selflessly, we know that when you live selflessly, yeah. that's when you're truly happy. Yeah. That's when you're truly fulfilled. Yeah. Like anytime I'm feeling like too self-focused or I'm, I'm feeling a little down or discouraged or depressed, I've noticed that it's because I'm totally fixated on myself. Yeah. And when I begin to, you know what? You need to just serve. You need to just yeah. love. You need to just like be there for someone else. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that happiness and joy that I've been missing mm -hmm. comes back. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think this is a reminder. So what I love about this and, uh, something like what you love to get judged twice. What I love about getting judged twice is that I'm going to do good things mm -hmm. because of what God did for me. Yeah. And so I don't think any of you should be like scared of this mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, if you truly love Jesus, if mm -hmm. we truly love Jesus, like our actions mm -hmm. are going to be an overflow of the, the joy and the gratefulness yeah. that we feel in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you need to be like stressed out right now going, oh no, I'm not doing enough. I think yeah. you just need, if you daily stay thankful uh -huh. and grateful, then daily you'll do things for him. Mm -hmm. And it's not even gonna feel like pressure. It's not gonna mm -hmm. feel like weight. It's gonna feel like natural. Like I mm -hmm. like to do good things for my wife. Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I don't like to do good things for my wife just because of what I get from her, right? Mm -hmm. I like to do good things for my wife mm -hmm. because of my heart for her and because I do see how much she loves me, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I wanna do these things. It's not a weight, it's not. Yeah. And, and there are moments when of course, like I go out of my way and uh, and it's a little bit of a burden, you know? But, <laughs> but for the most part, right? Me like doing nice things for her, like she got flowers this week. That was a joy. Yeah, Doing nice things for God, serving, you know, and, and praising his name with your actions. Um, pointing people mm -hmm. to him, mm -hmm. serving him. Like, man, it's a joy. Right. We get to, we don't have to. Yeah, that's something that we love to say. We don't get, we don't have to, we get to. And we're not just sitting around 
waiting for judgment to come and waiting in terror. We're saying we look forward to partnering with Jesus and doing things in his name to give him glory. It's a get to. So the fourth yeah. thing that we need to know um, about tomorrow is that our souls will live forever either in heaven or in hell. And before we go into that, because I do think like some people think, oh, well, there's ghosts and, you know, like people live, um, they die, but they stay around this earth. And we don't believe that. Mm -hmm. um, we believe that like when you die, your soul is going to go to one of two places, yeah. heaven or hell. We believe mm -hmm. that scripture confirms this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've had people ask us about that, like mm -hmm. spirits and ghosts. And, and I believe like there are supernatural works happening, mm -hmm. demonic activity happening, mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's funny because my wife, um, we, we have this conversation often. I don't know if some of you husband and wives have this conversation, but um, we've had this conversation like, well, what if one of us dies, right? And so one time we were having this conversation, I was like, look, if I die at this age, our kids are still young, like, I would be fine if you remarry. And, and I was like, I would want you to because I'd want, you know, someone in your life and my kid's life. And she literally looked at me and said, I can't say the same thing back to you. <laughs> And uh, I think that shows like who's more selfish in this relationship. But also she said, if you marry someone else, I will come back and haunt you. That's what she said, which is no, completely it, unbiblical. It wasn't that I was going to haunt him. It was that I was going <laughs> to haunt her. But anyway. I just want to throw that in there. It's not spiritual, but I, it made me laugh. Um, okay. This is Christian Cole, ladies and gentlemen. She will come back and haunt me if I remarry, if she dies. No. And the woman who tries to get me. We know okay. that she's going to outlive me. She's Filipino. They live forever. Yeah. So John 3.16 confirms this concept that we are either going to live forever in heaven or forever in hell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And what this not only confirms is that there is a loving Savior who is dying for you to be with him in eternity forever. That was his plan. That was his goal. But he's a gracious, loving, good God that he gives us the choice. He gives us yeah. the choice to choose heaven or hell out of love for us. And John 10.10, 10, I think, is really important for us to understand that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came that they may have life and have it abundantly. His plan is not just for us to live with him in eternity, but to live life here on earth, a life that is full and abundant. But I believe that the enemy, if he had his way, he'd probably have this master plan to make us believe or convince us that there is no hell and yeah. that, that we have nothing to live for except for heaven and that we have nothing to worry about and that we can be selfish and we can be in our own comfort zone forever. And I believe it's because he knows that eternity will bring us the greatest eternal joy even here on this earth. Yeah. And I think within this, our souls will live forever yeah. um, in, in one of two places. And we need to know this, mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to this questions, question of what happens after I die. Uh, if you believe there is no eternal destination, you're going to live deceived and you're living deceived. And knowing that that's coming shouldn't scare us mm -hmm. into living a certain way. Mm -hmm. But I think knowing that this is coming should motivate us yeah. because it's not about us. It's about everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I know we were talking about the rich young ruler earlier. And uh, when you shared that with me, it just really like challenged me. Yeah, essentially, the rich young ruler, he got a glimpse of hell. 
And he got a glimpse of what that would be. And Jesus he, tells a story, right? Yes, he yeah. tells a story in John. And he talks about how he wants for, he sees Lazarus off in a distance. And when he sees Lazarus, you, he admits that he's struggling. He's having a horrible time. But here's the thing. He never blames God. So he's in hell. Yes. And he sees Lazarus. Yes. And he speaks out to Lazarus. And wants somebody to hear him. Yeah. And he knows that there's no getting out of this. This is his eternity. And at no point does he say this isn't fair. So what he's doing there is he is admitting that God is a just God. And he finally at the end came to recognize that he perhaps deserved this. Mm. And then finally, he even says, make sure my brothers and sisters know that Jesus is real and that Jesus can save him, that save them. Mm. And I think that's important for us. If we were to have a glimpse of hell and understood the reality of how terrible and how awful it was, our concern would not be about ourselves. It would yeah. be about the people who still have a chance to choose Jesus, yeah. to still have a chance to be in eternity with a loving Savior. Yeah, and that's that responsibility we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. But I think it's not just that hell motivates us. Yeah. I think it's also that heaven motivates Absolutely. us, right? Because it's not just about the punishment, it's also about the reward. Yeah. And and as we were talking, as you were sharing that, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, here's a man uh, a rich young ruler who experiences the punishment, mm -hmm. but also there's so many who have experienced the promise mm -hmm. and the reward and mm -hmm. how much even more so motivating is that. Yeah. And so I think for us, like knowing that, look, heaven and hell are real. They are coming. Mm -hmm. Judgment is coming. Mm -hmm. I think this should be motivation for us. Mm -hmm. And so this message, really, we wanted to challenge all the Christians yeah. out there that you would be motivated in this to say, I, I can't live the same way that I have been living. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, even us preparing this yeah. made me think like, if I believe this is true, mm -hmm. I should be imploring and sharing with every yes. person I know about the promise that mm -hmm. they could receive yeah. or the punishment that, that could yeah. come. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think all of us need to just be reminded, because I mean, most of us have heard this, but we need to be reminded mm -hmm. about the weight of heaven and hell, about the mm -hmm. weight of what's coming tomorrow, mm -hmm. right. because that will change the way we live today. And God wants us to live with a greater sense of urgency today. Yeah. I believe this quarantine, if it's done nothing else, it's increased our sense mm -hmm. of urgency, yeah. that the time is short, yeah. right? That this world is fragile, mm -hmm. that it's broken. Um, anytime someone around us dies, and I've had family members die, um, we know like, Look, we're a mist on this earth, mm -hmm. and that should motivate us to share mm -hmm. with everyone we know about what Jesus has done for them, for me, yes. for us, because we need to be saved, mm -hmm. and there is a Savior that all you have to do is confess and believe, yeah. and you can receive the promise. Yeah, you know, the longer we live on this earth and the longer that we follow Christ, I have to admit we sometimes get cushy, and we're like, we're good. Yeah, we know Jesus, we're going to be able to live in eternity with him, but we sometimes become deceived 
in the reality of the world's pull on us. Mm. You know, we recently moved about a year ago, actually, and yep. we downsized. And I remember going into the whole smaller home. I was thinking, oh, I'm a minimalist. I'm, I'm so not <laughs> attached to the things of this world. And I really believe that when we moved in there, God revealed to my heart how much I actually really did love things. Because mm -hmm. how quickly, honey, did I ask for the credit card? How quickly did I ask to fill my house with stuff? And so yeah. what I think this quarantine has done is that it has stripped things away from us. Yeah. It has stripped relationships away from us, personal, physical gatherings. Mm. It has stripped away some jobs. It has stripped away some um, expectations, some hopes. And what God, I believe, is allowing us to do in this time is to recognize that he is all that we need. Is, and yeah. his presence, his presence is good in and of itself. Everything else is going to pull us down. But if we remain and abide in him and stay in his presence, it's just a glimpse of what it will be like. The peace mm -hmm. that we receive in his presence is a glimpse of what it'll be like with him in eternity. Not with all the clothes, not with our nails getting done, not with our eyebrows. You understand my issues, moms and women. <laughs> it's not to not to have peace with all these other things attached to it. Jesus yeah. is all that we need. Yeah. He is the peace that we need. He is enough. And yes. I, when I have a sense of that peace with him, I know, oh my goodness, heaven can only be that much better. Yes. So with that being said, we wanted to really challenge the Christians out there. Mm -hmm. We wanted to challenge you, encourage you that you have a, a promise coming but that you would just grasp the responsibility and and grab hold of that responsibility and take that responsibility and share this love, this yeah. message, this hope, this peace yeah. with everyone that you know. Because just like the rich young ruler, he said, please tell my family, you know, tell my brother, my sister, my parents um, what's coming in the same way. We should think that way because all around us every day are brothers and sisters. They may not be blood, but at the end of the day, we all descend from the same place and they're all children of God. He's created them. And so we need to implore and challenge and, and share the love of Christ with everyone we know. And then second today, if you're out there, you don't know Jesus. If you have not responded to him, you haven't given your life, surrendered your heart, we wanna give you that opportunity right now. We wanna ask that you would pray this prayer with us. You would repeat this prayer after me and let this be um, your act of saying, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus, my trust in Jesus. I'm going to receive the promise and I'm going to live this life for him. So if that's you, would you just pray this prayer with me right now with us? Just say right now with me, say, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Today I confess that you died, but you rose again, that you are the savior of the world. Today I give my life to you. And I promise to live for you with all that I have. But I ask you to give me your strength, to keep me on that right path. I love you, Jesus. And today, I give my life to you. In your name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, this is the best decision you could ever make. We are celebrating with you. We're rejoicing with you. And uh, we're just so excited. So you can actually click the link below. Um, we have some people that will connect with you.
would love for you to just fill this out just so we can know and, and help you grow and grow alongside of you in this faith journey. So thank you guys for jumping in with us. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.